Hi, everyone. Welcome to Workable's Better Hiring Podcast, where we discuss important topics like candidate experience, employer branding, hiring, onboarding, DNI, and anything else that can help you hire better. You'll also hear stories from our amazing customers around how they tackled challenges like going remote, cutting costs, and reducing time to hire, all while growing and transforming their hiring process. I'm Carolyn from Workable, joined by my colleague Keith, whose job it is to literally live and breathe the world of talent in HR. This is episode one. Today we'll be discussing remote onboarding. We talk about spontaneous interactions, donut meetings, social committees, meeting culture, practice makes perfect, and how new ideas come from between people's heads. All right. So Keith, I have you here with me, and this is our first episode of the Better Hiring Podcast. If you could just share a little bit about yourself and your role at Workable with our audience. Absolutely. It's really good to be here. I'm the content strategy manager of Workable. A big part of my job is to try and understand the pain points and uh, solutions in recruitment and HR work for an HR-focused audience. I work with you every day, so I know how passionate you are about this stuff, especially since COVID happened. You've just completely dived into everything from hiring to onboarding and and everything in between. So I'm so glad that we have you on this webinar because you're creating awesome content in our resources library, but this is just another great way to kind of get it out there and get some of the most you know popular pieces that, that we're seeing that really resonate with the audience. And I know that one of the biggest topics that's just exploding on our site right now is remote onboarding. And we've been talking about it for a long time. Uh, I know that you've talked to a ton of people about it. So um, yeah, kind of what's going on with remote onboarding? Like, what have you heard? We did a survey to find out that as part of a larger um, impact of COVID on business. And what we learned in the new World of Work survey that we call it is that 37% of the people who responded said that remote onboarding is one of the biggest challenges in working in a remote work world. Not surprised. So, like a fourth of that. It was crazy. Yeah, no surprise there, really. And almost half of them said that that will continue to be a problem going forward, even after everything goes back to normal. I'll probably still keep working remotely. So people yeah. are kind of really tripped up by onboarding new employees remotely. Part of onboarding is, you know, walking into an office and seeing these faces who are, are going to be part of your team and get an, an idea of, you know, how these people work, you know, who's friends with who. We are totally in the dark right now. We've had even a few people join our team in the last few months, and it's so hard to emulate that. So I'm not at all surprised by those numbers. And I, I can totally see this becoming even more of a top of mind issue, especially as more companies like Workable start announcing that they're going to be remote first. And, and it's going to be something that we're going to have to kind of perfect over the years, and it's going to take time. But I mean, it's amazing to see just um, even some of the content you've worked on and the people you've talked to see how people are kind of figuring this out. So I think that's a good segue into like, can you tell us a bit about um, what people are doing and like who you've talked to? We've talked to so many different people. I put the word out to talk to people about 
that wants to cross with remote onboarding of their own company and their solutions on how to get over those struggles. And one of the biggest takeaways that I have been hearing is standardizing your process. You need to have a standardized process. You need to have a system in place. I could do everything else in the business. You never, you never do anything without having a plan in place first. So think of it like a business plan with everything in it, but for remote onboarding specifically, that's so important to have that. Because once you have that, then you can always come back to that and refine it and improve it and identify some of the areas that need to be improved. And that is what I've heard from so many people. One company, uh, CMO at a North Vancouver, Canada-based company told me that creating a well-crafted to be process and structure and preparing detailed training documentation and hiring the right person are the secret to success. Her advice was basically having template diversified training materials and all that were very important in making yeah. sure remote onboarding was successful. That's a really good point because even this week we've brought somebody onto our team and uh our our recruiting team has kind of put together this new um remote onboarding process for her that that goes over the course of a month to begin with and a big piece of her onboarding is you know getting to know the team members figuring out what our processes look like how we work together but there might be a gap there where you know, she's not really getting a lot of um, like vision into what our company vision looks like and our mission and, you know, what do we stand for and kind of like, what are our benefits and are there are there different aspects of, of this that aren't kind of being brought to the forefront? Because when you're in an office, you kind of figure that stuff out over time. And, and especially when it comes to benefits, it's almost pretty obvious some of the biggest ones that you get in an office environment, like, you know, free lunches or, uh, you know, trips and, and things like that. So that is so important to kind of just give up front. On the side of like, has anybody talked to you about what the cadence looks like when it comes to onboarding? Like, is there a right amount of time? Like, have has anybody kind of given you any information around that actually not that much about cadence because one of the interesting things is you are still doing onboarding you're still doing the same work it's just happening in a different environment that's all it is but you're still effectively doing the same thing you are training them you're introducing them to people getting them comfortable helping them understand uh, their expectations of the job, knowing what the company culture is like, all of that is the same. It's just done a bit differently. So when it comes to cadence, how long it takes and all that, that part doesn't change. But what does change that I've learned from people is that the intensity of it, it needs to be more of a hands-on process. It's not like you show up at the office on your first day, your HR person takes you, introduces you to a couple of people, gets you to sign a bunch of papers, shows you your desk, more people involved at the very beginning. The hiring manager who ultimately is your manager, 
needs to be very hands-on in working with you, especially during those first few crucial first weeks. And uh, HR needs to do that too. And collectively, the team need to make themselves present for that new hire by way of one-on-ones or through chatting, through emails, whatever, because remotely, uh, you don't have that organic team building that you have no. in an office. Totally. Like, like my first day in the office when I showed up at Workable, I got introduced to a bunch of people and sat down at my desk. I could look around and I knew who, who was who. I slowly start to figure out organically who does what and how I can work with them and so on. I would go to the kitchen, hire Keith and all that. All that stuff goes missing in a working in a remote working environment. You don't get any of this. You're sitting at your desk at home in front of your laptop. You don't get to look around and organically connect with people. So you need to almost force that part. Yeah, I know how it how it's kind of gone here at Workable. I mean, every company as we go through this is figuring out like how do we actually engage with teams even aside from onboarding but especially with these newcomers who at first we had hired some people and we're like it'll be great when you get to meet everybody in the office and now we're at a point that we've realized as a company we're going to be remote first permanently we don't know when we're going to be able to safely open the office in Boston and there has to be another way to kind of introduce people and build some of those relationships. Do you find that other companies are struggling with this? Absolutely. In fact, one of our big customers told us exactly that he was struggling with this. That is uh, Nick Yorkley, who is the head of talent at Super Awesome. Super Awesome is a company that's focused on uh, making the internet safer, safer for kids. And they are headquartered in the United Kingdom. And Nick said that before COVID came, before everybody moved to remote, there were regularly be team lunches, evenings out, and all that kind of stuff. And social social events had to work. Uh, going for drinks or food with colleagues or going to the gym and lunch with them. That kind of stuff has fallen up by the wayside when there's nothing you can do about that because that's the new world that we live in. Yep. It's it's exactly what we're seeing here. I host a lot of webinars um, with people who are, you know, also leading up people um, function and, and talent functions. And it's not a unique issue. So I'm not surprised you've heard that as well. And before all of this happened, I was leading our, our social committee out of our Boston office where we did in-person events and fun things like putting a Thanksgiving meal together for everybody and having happy hours and and sales kickoffs and, and things like that that got everybody together in person. And now we are trying to figure out how to emulate this in a remote environment. And it's not easy. I'm constantly looking to our customers to figure out what they're doing that's creative. And some ideas that we've gotten implemented is using this app called Donut to bring people together into little groups that chat together, having some game nights that can be scheduled based around their schedule. Um, We're thinking about bringing in a professional cook to do a remote cooking class and reimburse some some grocery costs. So just interesting things that can be inclusive and interesting. It's a struggle though, because when you're remote, 
it's different and there are sacrifices we're making, but I'm hoping that as time goes on, we start seeing more of these things that are working and people start getting a, a bit more, I guess, flexible around it. Yeah, it's funny you say that because we were talking about that earlier about donut. Like you would think if we had the technology to bring people together in a virtual environment, then great, we've got the social part set up. But it's created a new challenge in that it feels forced. It's got to be scheduled. So the spontaneity of just sort of coming across somebody in the kitchen when you're getting your cup of coffee, all of that is lost. Yeah, it's different. I enjoy these donut meetings because I get to see people I don't usually see, but I had mine yesterday and I was so busy. And as the the meeting approached, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I have to do this right now. I have so much to get through. But what was, it was kind of nice because even though you have those meetings in the cafe where it's nice and you get to chat with people, you get to know them, sometimes like an idea might come up and then suddenly you're talking about this cool idea there was somebody in my meeting who I don't get to have a lot of FaceTime with. And I, as we were talking, I just happened to realize that I should bounce an idea off of her that I had for a webinar. And she happened to know somebody who could speak on that webinar. And it was like, that was a special moment. It's not the same, but at least it's something, but you're totally right. Like it's not what it used to be. Like we're all trying, but I think for employees, it can often feel super forced. And even in social committee, we've, we have people on our committee who will say like, that idea sounds good, but I can't see my team really engaging in it because it's such a forced thing. And we finally got to the point that we said, you know what, we have to put these things together. We have to put them out there. Not everybody's gonna participate in them, but we can keep getting feedback, keep getting new ideas. And the people who want to participate will, and we'll just figure it out as time goes on. You see, that's why the uh, the hands-on approach comes in. That's when you have to do it with more intensity, like I said earlier. Yeah. Like it needs to be done at a deeper level. You need to force it because that's really the only way around it. In the absence of a spontaneous interaction, which I like to say, uh, new ideas don't come from people's hearts. They come from between people's hearts, right? That's yep. totally lost in a remote environment, but... You have to put in the work a little bit to create that new environment so that you can create a new fertile ground for new ideas to grow or to show up. So that takes us back to the remote onboarding. That's what I heard from a lot of people. It needs to be more hands-on. You need to get more than just each time involved. More is better. The needs to be more than more. Each time, isn't it? The new manager of this new hire needs to be fully involved in this from day one. The even the management of the leadership, by way of maybe introducing these new hires in an all hands, mm-hmm. like what they do and why we brought them on board, what they can bring to us. A fun fact about them, but not, and the team team members, the colleagues, and you want to make sure that everybody knows each other very well because that goes right into employee engagement to get people engaged who can thrive as a team. You need to do that as early on as possible so they can set the stage 
And that's it. That's the onboarding process. Yeah, that completely makes sense. I think a lot of companies I've spoken with before on webinars or events, and even at Workable, we talk about we never wanted to be a meeting culture or you know, have meetings where they didn't need to happen so that people can have that kind of time to, you know, produce and, and work on what they need to do and, and strategize. But I think to what you're saying and what you've heard, this totally makes sense when it comes to onboarding and probably even beyond is getting people together over communication might be the best option, especially when you're welcoming somebody to a new company and it's a total life change. You want to make sure nothing slips through the cracks and the more you have them kind of in those meetings where they can communicate with other people, they can start building those relationships. And like you said, these big ideas don't ever come from one person. They always come and grow from people bouncing off ideas from each other. And that's where the magic happens. So the only way we can allow that to happen is if we create the place for that to happen. And, and that's not going to happen. Like if I join a new company right now, I'm not going to be, super confident to put time on people's calendars and you know try to learn and get all that information it is the company's responsibility to allow them to kind of build that out and, and the manager's responsibility as well that makes complete sense absolutely that goes back to the standardized process let's yep. say you have a candidate that's pre-noted with all the things you need the new hire to go through and make sure it's all set in stone and ready for the new hire from the day one so they know what they what they need to do, where they, where they need to go, where they need to be at a given time, who they need to talk to, get all that in. Yeah. So it's it's regular onboarding, but kind of on steroids in this remote environment. And it's probably yeah. going to take a lot of some, some feedback from the hiring team, the manager, um, the person who was hired to just kind of tweak that as we go and figure out like what is that correct standardized process that every time we have this hire, we know this is what their first one, two, three months looks like. And that's how we can get them up and running in this remote environment. So it's great that people are figuring this out. And hopefully, I mean, I know that you'll keep these conversations going so that as the months go by, we'll get a better idea of what is working and, and what people are trying and you know what's happening out there creatively. Uh, another question I did have before we close this off is when it comes to technology, I know like here at Workable, we're implementing new technologies to help us out with a lot of different things when it comes to collaborating. What kind of technologies are people using to do this effectively? A lot of people are using Tenantelemas, which is a great training uh, technology to help train people. That's a very successful all the people have used. What's interesting is it goes right back to the communications part, which is using Google Meet and Zoom, Slack, and other communications tools. Make sure everybody stays connected and all that. Yeah, it's amazing how much comes from that as opposed to the other pieces of technology. There are honestly a lot of different kind of technologies involved in the process. Yeah, there seems to be no shortage and new technologies popping up as we go. There is an app for everything, even more yeah. so now. I, I have a lot of teachers in my family and it's super impressive the amount of technologies that are available to them now to teach in a remote environment. 
Um, same thing with onboarding and just working in this way. It's great. I mean, that sounds like the perfect mix to get into it. That's kind of the mix we have here at Workable that's working well. And I truly couldn't imagine how we could hire without any of those tools. It would be impossible right now. I guess before we close out, last question for you. I know you've talked to a ton of people. Is there any you know big piece of advice that you've kind of gotten from all of them that our listeners could benefit from? This is new ground for everybody. Everybody's learning is the goal. Practice makes perfect. But ultimately, if you have some kind of groundwork to begin with, use some templates and some tools that are specifically for onboarding, making sure you have all the training materials together and an employee handbook. Make sure that you have all that together so you can give to the new hire before the first day so that they have everything they need, sort of like a, uh, a resource that they can consult every time they get tripped up or they're confused about something. They can check that. Two-way communications is a big one. It's very important to keep checking them with the new hire, ask them how their experience has been. I can literally survey them. One of the people I talk to surveys their new hires every day for the first week. How was your day? You know, how was that part of the hiring, uh, the onboarding? How did this part go? And so on and so forth. They use all that information to refine the process. And one of the core parts that I learned from someone else is having a chat group, a group chat channel where the new hire can feel totally free to go in there and ask a question about mm, anything I like that. that they're confused about because we are all in new territory. We don't know how to do something. We can go in there. It's a safe space. You can ask whatever you want and making sure other people are there to answer as quickly as possible. That's awesome. Yeah, I so like so that. Communication lines open. Very yeah, open. that's so good. Yeah, going back to going back to everything we talked about, it does come back to making sure that communication line is open. And I think that's such a special piece of advice because it can be so tough when you don't know anybody to feel empowered to ask questions that you might worry, like I should know the answer to, but at the end of the day, you're new, we're all learning, you're learning. I love that, that that is something that people are doing to kind of just, this is where you ask your questions, ask them all the time, you'll get answers here. That's great. Well, that was a great first episode, Keith. Thank you so much for sharing. I know you've been seriously in the weeds on this stuff. I'd love to invite our audience to give us some feedback, ask us some questions about remote onboarding. Is there anything else you'd like us to dive into on this subject or other subjects? You know, the way that this podcast will shape is totally dependent on what you're looking for. And we're really looking forward to continuing this and diving into some other topics. And in the future, we'll, we'll keep bringing some guests onto this podcast, highlighting some customers. So it'll get really interesting, but I'll leave it there. Thanks for tuning in. And on our next episode, we're going to talk about the new world of work in general. And we're going to be hearing basically from you from this massive survey we ran a couple months ago. We got a lot of really interesting data and and you know it's just so interesting hearing how people are visualizing the future what it means for recruiting what's happening when it comes to remote are people going back to offices 
it's a lot to unpack and we're gonna do it right here. In the meantime, head over to Workable's site and check out our vast resource library. And if you're looking for a better way to hire, just reach out. We'd love to help. See you next time.